This story was originally published in the October 1935 issue of Western Aces. Starting Life is an unsold submission written by pulp author Chandler Whipple. Popular writer Robert E. Howard offered to rework and improve the tale. Later published in book form and in other places as The Last Ride, Wild West Podcast produced the audio version of the original transcript as it was first published. This story is in the public domain. Chapter 3, Trigger Debt Dusk was fast settling when he rode into the yard of the Box W. He was glad of the darkness, for he had feared that some of Water's punchers might have been in San Leon that day and seen him. But he rode up to the porch without having encountered anyone, and saw the man he was hunting sitting there, pulling in a corncob pipe. Waters rose and came forward with his hand outstretched as Laramie swung from the saddle. "'You've growed,' said the old man. "'I'd never knowed you if I hadn't been expecting you. "'You don't favor your brothers none. "'Look a lot like your dad did at your age, though. "'You push your cayuse hard,' he added, "'with a piercing glance at the sweat-plastered flanks of the sorrel. "'Yeah.' There was bitter humor in Laramie's reply. I just got through shooting me a sheriff. Waters jerked the pipe from his mouth. He looked stunned. What? All you gotta do is ask the upright citizens of San Leon that's trailing me like a lobo wolf, returned Laramie with a mirthless grin. And tersely and concisely, he told the old rancher what had happened in San Leon and on the desert. Waters listened in silence, puffing smoke slowly. It's bad, he muttered when Laramie had finished. Damned bad. Well, about all I can do right now is to feed you. Put your cayuse in the corral. Rather hide him near the house if I could, said Laramie. That posse's liable to hit my son and trail me here any time. I want to be ready to ride. Blacksmith shot behind the house, grunted Walters. Come on. Laramie followed the old man to the shop, leading the sorrel. While he was removing the bridle and loosening the cinch, Waters brought hay and filled an old log trough. When Laramie followed him back to the house, the younger man carried the saddlebags over his arm. Their gentle clink no longer soothed him. Too many obstacles to distributing them were rising in his path. I just finished eating before you come, grunted Walters. Plenty left. Hop Singh still cooking for you? Yeah. Ain't you ever going to get married? chafed Laramie. Sure grunted the old man, chewing his pipe stem. I just gotta have time to decide what type of woman would make me the best wife. Laramie grinned. Waters was well past 60, and had been giving that reply to chafing about his matrimonial prospects as far back as Buck could remember. Hop Singh remembered Laramie and greeted him warmly. The old Chinaman had cooked for Waters for many years. Laramie could trust him as far as he could trust Waters himself. The old man sat gripping his cold pipe between his teeth as Laramie disposed of steak, eggs, beans, and potatoes and tamped it down with a man-sized chunk of apple pie. "'You're following blind trails,' he said slowly. "'Maybe I can help you.' "'Maybe. "'Do you have any idea who the gent on the showy pinto might be?' "'Not many such paints in these parts. "'What'd the man look like?' "'Well, I didn't get a close-range look at him, of course.' From what I saw, he looked to be short, thick-set, and he wore a short beard and a mustache so big it plumb ambushed his pan. Why, hell, snorted Waters. That's bound to be Mart Riley. He rides a flashy pinto, and he's got the biggest set of whiskers in San Leon. Who's he? Owns the Red Load. 
Come here about six months ago and bought it off of old Charlie Ross. Well, that don't help none, growled Laramie, finishing his coffee and reaching for the makings. He paused suddenly, lighted match lifted. Say, did this hombre ride up from Mexico? He came in from the east. Of course, he could have come from Mexico at that. He'd have circled the desert. Nobody but you Laramie has ever hit straight across it. He ain't said he come from Mexico original, and he ain't said he ain't. Laramie meditated in silence and then asked, What about this new gang that calls themselves Laramies? Plain coyotes, snarled the old man. Us San Leon folks was just getting on our feet again after the wreck your brothers made out of us when this outfit hit the country. They've robbed and stole and looted till most of us are right back where we were six years ago. They've done more damage in a few weeks than your brothers did in three years. I ain't been so bad hit as some, because I've got the toughest, straightest shooting crew of punchers in the country. But most of the cowmen around San Leon are mortgaged to the hilt, and stand to lose their outfits if they get looted anymore. Eli Harrison, he's president of the bank now since your brothers killed old man Brown, Eli's been good about taking mortgages and handing out money, but he can't go on doing it forever. Does everybody figure they're Laramies? Why not? They send letters to the cowmen saying they'll wipe out their whole outfit if they don't deliver them so many hundred head of beef stock, and they sign them letters with the Laramie name. They're hiding out in the Diabolas like you all did. They always the same number in the gang, and they make a getaway through the desert, which nobody but the Laramies ever did. Of course, they wear masks, which the Laramies never did, but that's a minor item. Custom change, so to speak. I'd have believed they was the genuine Laramies myself, only for a couple reasons. One being you'd wrote to me in your letter that you was the only Laramie left. You didn't give no details. The old man's voice was questioning. Man's reputation always follows him, grunted Buck. A barroom gladiator got Jim. Hank got that gunfighter the next week, but was so shot up himself he died. Tom joined the revolutionaries, and the Rurales cornered him in a dry wash. Took him ten hours and three dead men to get him. Luke, he hesitated and scowled slightly. Luke was killed in a barroom brawl in Santa Maria by two gunfighter called Killer Rollins. They said Luke reached first, but Rollins beat him to it. I don't know. Rollins skipped that night. I've always believed that Luke got a dirty deal some way. He was the best one of the boys. If I ever meet Rollins, involuntarily his hand moved towards the worn butt of his colt. Then he shrugged his shoulders and said, You said there was two reasons why you know those coyotes weren't Laramies? What's the other? They work different, growled the old man. Your brothers was bad, but white men just the same. They killed prompt, but they killed clean. These rats ain't content with just stealing our stock. They burned down ranch houses and pison water holes like a tribe of cussed Apaches. Jim Bannerman of the Lazy Bee didn't leave him 200 head of steers in a draw like they demanded in one of them letters. A couple days later, we found nothing but smoke and ruins at the Lazy Bee, with Jim's body burned up inside and all his punchers dead or shot up. Buck's face was gray beneath its tan. His fist nodded on the gun butt. The devil, he choked in a voice little above a whisper, and the Laramies are getting the blame. I thought my brothers dragged the name low, but these devils are hauling it right down into hell. 
Joel Waters, listen to me. I come back here to pay back money my brother stole from San Leon. I'm staying to pay a bigger debt. The desert's big, but it ain't big enough for a Laramie and the rats that wears his name. If I don't wipe that gang of rattlers off the earth, they can have my name because I won't need it no more. The Laramies owe a debt to San Leon, agreed old Joel, filling his pipe. Cleaning out that snake den is the best way I know of paying it. Sometime later, Laramie rose at last and ground his cigarette butt under his heel. We've about talked out our wampum. From all I can see, everything points to this Mart Raleigh being connected with the gang somehow. He must have been the one that shot Bob Anders. He was ahead of the other fellas. They couldn't see him for a rise in the ground. They wouldn't have seen him shoot Anders. He might have been aiming at me, or he might have just wanted Anders out of the way. Anyway, I'm heading for the Diabolus tonight. I know you're willing to hide me here, but you can help me more if nobody suspects you're helping me. Yet. I'm leaving these saddlebags with you. If I don't come back out of the Diablos, you'll know what to do with the money. So long. They shook hands and old Joel said, So long, Buck. I'll take care of the money. If they get crowding you too close, duck back here. And if you need help in the hills, try to get word back to me. I can still draw a bead with a Winchester and I've got a gang of hard-riding waddies to back my play. I ain't forgetting, Joel. Laramie turned toward the door. Absorbed in his thoughts, he forgot for an instant that he was a hunted man and relaxed his vigilance. As he stepped out onto the veranda, he did not stop to think that he was thrown back into bold relief by the light behind him. As his boot heel hit the porch, yellow flame lanced the darkness, and he heard the whine of a bullet that fanned him as it passed. He leapt back, slamming the door, wheeled, and halted in dismay to see Joel Waters sinking to the floor. The old man, standing directly behind Laramie, had stopped the slug meant for his guest. With his heart in his mouth, Laramie dropped beside his friend. Where'd it get you, Joel? He choked. Low down through the leg, grunted Waters, already sitting up and whipping his bandana around his leg for a tourniquet. Nothing to worry about. You better get going. Laramie took the bandana and began knotting it tightly, ignoring a hail from without. Come out with your hands up, Laramie, a rough voice shouted. You can't fight a whole posse. We've got you cornered. Beat it, Buck, snapped Waters, pulling away his friend's hands. They must have left their horses and sneaked up on foot. Sneak out the back way before they surround the house. Fork your cayuse and burn the breeze. That's Mart Raleigh talking, and I reckon it was him that shot. He aims to get you before you have time to ask questions or answer any. Even if you went out there with your hands up, he'd kill you. Get going, darn you. All right. Laramie jumped up as Hop Singh came out of the kitchen, almond eyes wide and a cleaver in his hand. Tell him I held a gun on you and made you feed me. Taint time for him to know we're friends. Not yet. The next instant, he was gliding into the back part of the house and slipping through a window into the outer darkness. He heard somebody swearing at Raleigh for firing before the rest had taken up their positions, and he heard other voices and noises that indicated the posse was scattering out to surround the house. He ran for the blacksmith shop, and groping in the dark, tightened the cinch on the sorrel and slipped on the bridle. He worked fast, but before Laramie could lead the horse outside, he heard a jingle of spurs and the sound of footsteps. Laramie swung into the saddle, ducked his head low to avoid the lintel of the door, and struck in the spurs. The sorrel hurtled through the door like a thunderbolt. A startled yell rang out. A man jumped frantically out of the way, tripped over his spurs, and fell flat on his back, discharging his Winchester in the general direction of the Big Dipper. 
The sorrel and its rider went past him like a thundering shadow to be swallowed in the darkness. Wild yells answered the passionate blasphemy of the fallen man, and guns spurted red as their owners fired blindly after the receding hoofbeats. But before the posse men could untangle themselves from their bewilderment and find their mounts, the echoes of flying hooves had died away and the night hid the fugitive's trail. Buck Laramie was far away, riding to the Diablos. My name is Mike King. I am the producer of Wild West Podcast. Brad Smalley and I would like to thank you for tuning in to another chapter of Boot Hill Payoff. We hoped you enjoyed this show and would like to invite you to join us for Chapter 4, Sidewinder Ramrod. In Chapter 4, Buck rides to the fake gang's hideout and during the night climbs the side of a rocky cliff to sneak past the sentinel only to be captured by the gang. While a prisoner, tied up in a chair, Buck remembers a hidden knife concealed in the chair and manages to get the drop on the gang. 